Hello, welcome to episode 138 of Three Beers in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... But, but as always, Brian, as it has been for the past month or so, I'm not with you right now, am I? No, sadly not. We're currently sitting in uh, our own houses. Yes, because I don't think the hurricane outside's got a name right now, but it, <laughs> it feels like a hurricane outside, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> it's, yeah, it does, it does say something, this is a Friday night and we're sitting in our respective houses recording a podcast over the phone rather than being out and about and you know being young and cool and fun. Yeah, that was last weekend for me. That, I was... I was still, I was still suffering Monday. Okay. Thank God I was off. But yeah. I was still. I woke up Monday and I still wasn't hundred percent. I was like, Ugh. yeah. We have learned in recent time we are not built for the the heavy the heavy lifting anymore. No. No. I'm no. leaving that to the twenty something. Yeah, I'm leaving to nope. the I'm leaving to the fifteen year olds. It's uh, I know. Well, you know what? They might listen, but if they do listen. If that young couple that uh, me and Andy bumped into in uh, Rufus T's last weekend, if he's managed to make, if he's managed to get a second date, by all means, get in contact with us. I'd <laughs> love to know how it went. Right. Okay. <laughs> Good story. Um, I'll, I'll tell you off. Tell you off, mate. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm taking it easy because obviously it's a school night. So uh, I did have a cheeky. Uh, what do you call it? A cheeky uh, brew dog with my dinner tonight, oh, but nice. I'm now on the tap water. I had a couple of brew dogs tonight as well, but I'm now on the, the orange juice. So, um, yeah, like I said, wild, wild Friday night here in, in Ayrshire. Um, yeah. As a tradition, we will now start with the uh, Mike on Mike, the the fortunes of the Camel Lairds, um, playing down in oh, Birkenhead, yes. who we, we um, sponsor the player Mike Furlong. Um, now, you probably, well, you weren't here when we talked about it last, they got to a cup final. Um, okay. Recently, um, Mike scored the winning goal in the semi-final, which we're all very excited about. Uh, nice. But since then, they've had a wee bit of downturn, unfortunately, again. They had a, I got a couple of defeats, and this Saturday, they had a defeat against St Martin's FC. They lost 2-0. So, a bit unfortunate. Sliding down the table a little bit, but the cup final was a nice weekend of bonus they've got sitting there. Um, they're supposed to be playing this week, but I think, much like every other football game in the country, the weather is going to destroy any hope, any possibility of that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it is pretty grim. It's like it's it's like the now. I've been pretty much watching it halfway watching the movies that we're going to discuss later mm. out my window, and it's been absolutely chucking it down. And yeah. I'm like, ugh. It'd be it'd be grim to watch. It'd be grim to play in. It just it's all together. It's not really worth it at this point in time, is it, to go out and that kind of way to watch a football match? No, exactly. No. Exactly. It's. It's just not a good day. It's not a good atmosphere at all. Is there's not, especially because at this uh, junior junior football level, there's very the stands that they have are small. There's not so a lot. Of, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of coverage. You're absolutely correct. So people will, yeah, people will yeah, be yeah. getting. You'll definitely getting wet and windy uh, during this. Um, so yeah. So we say good luck to, to um, Camel Laird as they play the game this week. Hopefully it goes ahead. Hopefully they get the win, um, and hopefully they can start a wee a wee run towards uh, the end of the league end of the season and get some confidence up for the cup final which is happening I think March the cup final is um, but I'm not 100% okay. on that but that's it's annoyingly it's midweek so we can't go to it but if it, um, but we still wish them good luck on that um, for yourself I've not watched anything at home I've been very busy this week I've been down south and then been in, in work so have you watched anything at home of interest that you've sort of been intrigued by just a couple of movies I'm going to start off with this one that I ran into uh, the other day 
and I hadn't seen it in easily, easily eight years. Okay. This came out in 2011, and it was a project by a Kevin MacDonald. Yes, he's a, I believe he's a Scottish gentleman. He directed a film called Touching the Void. Uh, he also done The Last King of Scotland Last King as well. Of Scotland as well. The Void. Yeah, yep, yeah, and he yeah, did yeah. one called The Day the War Began or something. No, The Day the War Began or How We Live Now. How We Live Now. That's the other one he done. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what, what one of his did you watch? So the movie is called Life in a Day. And this, oh, yeah. This I remember this coming out. I've never seen this. I think I saw this in the cinema. Yeah, this was like a guy. This was like a kind of YouTube like vlogging project before vlogging really became yeah. a big thing. And this uh, fella put out the word for everyone or YouTube to put out the word for everyone to record some part of their day on the twenty fourth of July two thousand and ten. Yep. And then in the coming year, he ended up stitching all the bits that he got together into a movie and it shows you the passing of time throughout a day and just generally bounces round the world yeah. and honestly what a phenomenal piece of cinema yeah it's no just, absolutely like I said if you cast your mind back to like 2010 stroke 11 when like vlogging wasn't really a thing it's even more impressive at the yeah. fact that people are actually doing this and it's really interesting yeah just a little snippet of like into people's life Granted, that there's a couple of scenes in it that are pretty heavy going. Like, you see a cow getting killed as yeah. well um, for, like, halami. So, yeah. you obviously, you see the throat getting cut. And then you see another animal, which I've now forgotten. It gets killed as well. So, yeah. But it's all part of life. So. Yeah, you're, you're, you're seeing a true snapshot of life on Earth. You know, you're, you're, yeah. seeing, you're seeing... And it's and all it's weird and varied in different ways. You know, and also, I think what you see as well is... Like the humanity that everyone is sort of the same. We're all just living a life. You know, some lives are they're different, but ultimately we're all kind of pursuing the same things. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, well, that is like really kind of poignant moments. Like quite early on in the movie, there's a bit where it's a father and young son, and they wake up, and then you discover really quickly, like the mum has actually passed away. Yep. But there's a little shrine in the house mm-hmm. to her. And like every, I'm assuming every morning, but at least on this day, they would wake up and then they go and pray and light a wee like a, a incense candle yeah. and like a incense stick, sorry, and a candle, and then do a wee prayer to yeah. them before they start their day. And I was like, that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you know, just it's just like I said, it's almost like it's like you know, almost you know, almost like with this new thing called like TikTok. You're almost like TikToking yeah. at people's worlds, just, and these, but it is so it's so beautifully put together. Um, and just it's more than that. It's, it's a real te- achievement to do because I think from what I remember, he got literally millions of hours worth of um, like sort of yeah, yeah. recordings and sort of um, applications and input into this, and he had to sort of filter it all down and you know see what they want to put in. And they make a con- they make a constructive. There is a narrative to it. There's no overriding story because everyone's story is different in this. But there is you see a day on earth you see what a day on earth is essentially like and i thought i thought it was i thought it was really well done really different really brave yeah. um documentary to make yeah absolutely i haven't even checked let me just call it check it now i want to see if it's still available on youtube is that what you watched because it? we watched it uh, no we watched it on other sources yeah um, I think it is well it is available but you got to go looking for it but um yeah no that's, that's, I, I really dug that film it's a really interesting watch it's not one I would have expected you to watch, but um, that's, that's, that's a very good yeah. shout, sir. Very good yeah, shout. Yeah, 
because obviously I've been so entrenched in YouTube for yeah. so bloody long, I re- I actually remember it coming out, and yeah. then that's when I realised it was a uh, part of YouTube. Uh, but yeah, it was just happened to be it popped up when I was looking for other things, yeah. and then I was like, oh man, I haven't seen this in years. So I thought I'll stick it on, you know. It's like ninety minutes, it gallops along at yeah. a good pace. And remind everyone, what's it called again? Sorry, it's called uh, a day in a life. Uh, life in a day. Life in a day. That's what it is. Um, if you watched that, anything else you watched of interest? Um, you'll probably be quite pleased by this. Right, the first one we watched was Yoga Hosers. Yes, Kim Smith. Has... I, I, I hadn't seen it before, and Stacey hadn't seen it, so it was a perfect moment for us two to watch it together. Yep. Uh, I actually really liked it. Yes. I, I, I found that a wee bit silly in bits, yep. uh, but, you know... You know, you gotta love it. This is, uh, this, this is a Kevin Smith film where it's in a convenience store in Canada, and underneath the convenience store, there is a bunch of Nazi sausages who are attempting to take <laughs> over the take, take take over the convenience store, and then from there take over the world. That and but they've been harpered in this. And the world's been defended by two teenage girls who work in the store. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, it is as ridiculous as it sounds. It is completely stupid. I, yeah. it's not the film you would introduce Kevin Smith fans you know introduce someone no. To, no it's definitely one for the fans I particularly think for me and yourself who spent a le- many many years listening to Smodcast sort of continually yeah. and a lot of Kevin Smith output when you're watching it you, you see a lot of like there's lots of references to Smodcast and to like Hollywood Babylon and and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a real kind of like it's a fan film, really, very much at heart. It's, it's not yeah. one. It's not one you would watch, watch sort of not knowing anything about the Kevin Smith as a personality. You you would watch. I don't think. It's um. Did this did this come from a small cast episode? The ti- it's the, got that total vibe about it. The title comes from a small cast episode, but the actual story doesn't. Ah, okay. The, I can't remember what a yoga hoser ah, okay. was, but it was something to do with like a Canadian yoga teacher, which I think the Justin Long characters cut sort of a tribute to in this, but um, yeah. no, the actual story, it's not, it's not like Tusk where the whole story came from an episode of Smodcast, this is, it's um, just the the story was, the, the, the title was inspired by, by something Yeah, it's a a, a hoser is a because I looked it up, a hoser is like a slang term for something. It means like redneck essentially. Uh, it's sort of, it's sort of you yeah, call. It. It's yeah. almost like a hoser would be like in Britain, Scottish terms, like almost like Rav C Nisbet. Yeah, yeah. You know, drinks a lot, uncouth. You know, kind of, kind of that kind of guy. You know, so it's it's that kind of thing. But no, it's, I think it's a fun film. Does Stacey enjoy it out of interest? It doesn't seem. I don't think it's much of a. Uh, mm, that sounds. Uh, uh, she was kind of on the fence a wee bit about it. She yeah. was a bit like she kind of like understood it and. And that uh, she did like Ralph doing all these impressions. Yep, yep. Uh, she found that quite funny because yep. he was obviously like putting on a thick German accent, and then he's like, "Oh, I've been watching TV, so <laughs> let me try and let make it sound less brutal for that you." Is... Stop doing all these other impressions. Yeah, that yeah. Was that whole time bit was that found was really funny as well. Um, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she thought it was okay. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I've got a special place for that film because we saw that film at Edinburgh Film Festival. We we saw it on like sort of its opening opening night, um, yeah. and maybe we met Kevin Smith after it and stuff like that. So it was actually really cool. That's it's a really strong memory that, that of, of that film. I and I very much and I might have enjoyed the experience. Some of you think that the experience of that film maybe makes it feel to me a much better film than it maybe actually is. You know, and I know it's not the best Kevin Smith movie, but because of the whole thing wrapped up in it, like seeing it. 
seeing the, the sort of like the premiere for it and then meeting him after it, it felt it's, it's very much wrapped up in that whole experience for me. Yeah, yeah, I could totally understand that. I guess that's just what you kind of expect from like uh, when Kevin does these kind of tour films. Yeah, uh, like these kind of film tours, it's like you get the whole package and yeah. it ends up being quite enjoyable. Mm. Absolutely. Anything else apart from yoga hoses? Uh, we're diving back into Kevin Smithland with Red State this time. This is a departure from Kevin Smith. It's not what you'd think a typical, yeah, yeah. In a typical Kevin Smith film. Um, essentially, it's about a, a group of um, sort of felt teenagers, teenagers who, are, who are going to try and have sex with someone, and then they basically get kidnapped, and one of them gets killed because <laughs> they're, they're going after like sort of sex and drugs and alcohol, and they're sort of they're killed by a, a cult, sort of a, a Phelps type family, you know, who preach that you know God is God is great and he's out to avenge the world for um, you know for all the, the sins that humanity is committing right now. Um, but it all kicks off and like the federal police turn up and someone fires a shot and all of a sudden you get a, a proper like Waco style standoff um, at this sort of large compound that they have. Um, it's like I said, a totally different film for Kevin Smith to do. I think he had this film written and sitting for a long time, like he just didn't know how to approach it. Um, and then after stuff like after his USU trilogy uh, or USU quadrilogy, and then doing Jersey Girl. Um, he wanted to do something different to prove he could do something different, and he, and he done this film on a, on a very low budget. But I think I think it's a really good film. I think it's got a bit of a. It's the ending's not the best, but up until the ending, I thought it was excellent. Um, and I think uh, the lead actor is fantastic in the role. Carradine, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Like it's been the last time I seen this movie was when it first came out that's yeah. how long it's been so yeah. it felt like watching it all over again and I enjoyed it especially if you like even in passing if you have any sort of like knowledge of like the film's family and how fucking mental they are yeah. and generally that whole entire ideology is uh, yeah it's it's, really... uh, yeah I, I loved it massive yeah. cast in it as well really good Some cast serious big names in it yeah I mean you've got Melissa Leo in it she's obviously won an Oscar you've got John Goodman pops up in it as well yeah, you know, so it's just a really, really strong cast and really well done film, and it's just, it's, like I said, it's totally different from what you expect from Kevin Smith. It's definitely not a, your typical Kevin Smith movie, and I think maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much as well. It's like, oh, it's showing that the guy's got a lot of layers. You know, he's not yeah, just yeah. he's not just tied to the one type of film. Yeah, it's, it's quite a hectic film. Normally, he's, he's always, you know, you know, criticised that he keeps camera very still and it's always like two shots of characters talking. But this this film moves and the camera flings around and it's it's very it's very hectic movie which I think is really impressive it's all shot pretty much in like one or two locations um, so that, that but again he uses the space well and it was shot in like a next to nothing budget I mean it's, I think we're talking about like less than like maybe about a million bucks if that you know so you can it, they definitely used the money well uh, to make it says four here four million right so it's not a lot of money I, and four million might also no, that no, might, absolutely not you know so that's, that's not a huge amount of money um, to make a film like that and it, it definitely it's curtailed by its budget at times. There's a definite you can tell they're having to stretch the budget, but that gives a bit of ingenuity to what to what they're doing. But no, I, I really like that film. It's one of the films that I, I came as my film that I remember hearing them talk about for years that he wanted to do this film, and when he finally brought it, out, I was like, "That's really glad you did bring that film out." Because you know what he's like. He talks about he talks about a lot of movies, and then I know. then he don't come out like you've never done hit somebody, which the, the hockey film. I always, always wanted to see that. Always wanted to see that one. So it's it's just. It's great to see a film that he's talked about for a long time getting brought out. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did Stacey um, enjoy this one more? Yeah. Yeah, Stacey actually really enjoyed this one. I think it's obviously because, you know, it is such a departure from the Cabog standard Kevin Smith guy, tongue-in-cheek, everything's a bit of a laugh and a joke movie. Yeah. This is a bit more serious, where yeah. uh, it a serious undertone, you know? Definitely, definitely. No, good. Both, I mean, three, well, three really interesting watches you had this week, you know, the... I know, yeah, I know. Good choices. Well, if you were to pick one to watch, what to, to recommend to a very esteemed audience, what one would you say to watch? Maybe say uh, a day, in, uh, a life in a day. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, but probably watch, yeah. watch them all. But go into yoga holders only for a Kevin Smith fan. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Red 100%. State you can watch without being a fan. Exactly. Yeah, um, but we got from that when we went to some cinema viewings. There is some stuff out at the cinema, and we ha- I have been to see a few things. Uh, I don't think you've seen quite so much, but we'll, we'll battle through a few of these. Um, so the first yeah. one out is a film called Underwater. Directed by William Eubank, who directed a film called The Signal a few years ago. Um, the plot of this film is there is a drilling rig at like sort of the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Um, something happens where the, the, basically the, the almost the entire thing decompresses and is essentially explodes. Some of the crew manage to get to a safe part of it, but then have to move to try and get to a submersible so they can get back to the surface. What they first thought was an earthquake that caused the some the the platform to sort of like start breaking up turns out maybe not an earthquake might be something else down there with them that's causing this Ooh. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. yeah i mean I, i'm not spoiling it by saying everyone it's been sold as alien the film underwater which it's, it's oh. essentially it's kind, of, it's kind of that it's not an alien who's yeah. coming or it might be an alien i don't know but there's there, there's there is a monster of some description uh, in the film, you've got Kristen Stewart um, playing the lead role. You've got Vincent Cassell playing a, a captain of the, the sort of rig. You've got um, John Gallagher Jr. who pops up in it. He's from the newsroom. You've got Jessica Howick who was in Game of Thrones and Iron Fist. And you've got T.J. Miller as well popping around out the cast. So it's, it's actually quite a relatively strong cast. for This is quite a low-budget film as well. It's, it's definitely... They're, they're using every penny they've got to, to, to push for this. Um, it is a decent talk thriller it's it's it, it's quite brief as well it's only about 90 minutes long so it it moves at pace it has to move at pace and because it's it's on a low budget it's got to use its space and its time well in order to bring bring in those like you know get those scares and those thrills into it it shares a, it, it's not shy in sharing a lot of dna with something like alien or cloverfield you know it's definitely in that world okay know? okay which is not a bad thing because i love alien and like, we both really enjoy cloverfield as well yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um, so that's so it's, it's, that's a real positive. Cast are all decent, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, they all fit the, the tropes of the characters they're playing. So you've got the sort of the captain, you know, who plays it like a captain. Who and you get, you know, the sort of disillusioned one, the scared one, the the one who's pretending to be brave, all that kind of stuff. So you, it, it does perform to the usual tropes of, you know, these kind of horror thriller movies. The only one who's not good in it is T. J. Miller. If you ever watched, you ever watched Silicon Valley. I've only seen like episodes here and there. I've right. never actually really tuned into it, if I'm being honest. Well, he's he's a proper douchebag in, in Silicon Valley. He's also in a, a few other things, but he's basically he's been cancelled by culture because apparently he's a bit of an, an asshole to women a lot of times. Um, yeah, I had heard that. Heard this, yeah. So he's he only he can only play one role. He can only play this. He can only play one. He can only play a role one way, and he's do, he's playing the role this way, the one way he knows how to play it. But because he's doing that, it doesn't really fit in with the whole. 
like sort of tone of the film. It feels very out of place. Um, and I think more than just that, I don't think I don't particularly like him as a person. So I think maybe that puts you off somebody. You know, if you if you don't like them because you know they're assholes, you kind of go, nah, I don't like you. That you know, you kind of it puts you off. Watch them on screen. Yeah, absolutely. So he's not great in it. Um, the characters, for what they are, there's not a lot of development with the characters. Not a lot. Of, there's not a big story arc. They, they, they come in, they do their thing, and then they leave, or or, or forced to leave, sometimes. But for what they do, they're all very good. Um, the monster thriller stuff works really good. The monster's pretty original looking. I, I enjoyed the monster. Um, it looked pretty badass. Um, there's some kind of creepy other stuff going on as well. Um, it uses the, the darkness because obviously Mariana Trench, you're like, you know, seven miles underwater. It's very, very dark. They use that quite a lot, um, which does... Some people get a bit annoyed by that fact that like, sometimes you're only hearing things rather than seeing things. That will irritate some people. I thought, it, I thought they used it sparingly enough that it worked okay. Um, I have seen yeah. other films where they, where they use it so so much that it becomes boring. But no, I thought it was a, it's a really decent, well-done thriller. It won't be for everyone, because some people get annoyed by the fact that it is you know, underwater and it does get a bit dark at times. But no, I, th- I thought it was alright. It's not getting a great amount of love from audiences in terms of um, box office, but for what it, I think it's a good film. I enjoyed it. I think it looked good on a, like a Netflix release as well. I think it's one of those kind of films you'll maybe catch on Netflix in a year's time. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, I... What was- what was that water film that came out last year? It was like, or the year before. It was something so many metres down. Oh, it was like 70 metres down or something like that one. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, Andrew. Does it have that kind of vibe? Or that, kind that, of, a bit more that kind of vibe. Cat? That that kind of monster movie vibe, but the only difference in, in that one, the monster was the shark. This, there's, there's no shark yeah. in this one, there's, there's something else. Yeah, um, nice. But yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was good. I'd give it a very solid 6.5 out of 10. Alright, yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, that's not bad, you know. It's yeah. like, it's always a difficult, like, it's always difficult to have, like, a scary monster and build the tension up without just instantly having, like, the monster out front and centre. That's you know? it, that's it. They, they, they build, a, they build a, a, enough um, sort of, like, tone and sort of tension in the film that you, you, you're, you're kind of waiting for it, but you're not dying to see it in the sort of, it's one of those, the less the show, the more effective it becomes. So, yeah, you know, they, they did they did it well. They did it, it's, it's not by no means breaking the rules. It's not by no means like sort of blowing the genre apart and making a brand new sort of take on this thing. It did what it was set out to do pretty well. Cool. All right, good. Yeah, nice one. Um, All right, what's the last one? Next, well, we've got two more to go, but one next one is one you have seen as well, so we can talk about that one. Oh. And that is... Yeah. Doolittle, directed by Stephen Gangan, who did a film called Syriana, which is not a happy film, but a very good film, but definitely not a happy film, uh, and also a film called Gold, a couple of years ago with Matthew McConaughey, if you've seen that one, that's not a bad film, but weird, but good. The plot of this film, it's Dr. Doolittle, obviously, it's not an origin story, it's actually set maybe about, he's established as Dr. Doolittle, but his wife has died, and he's sort of become a recluse. Um, and amongst his and amongst his land, um, living with all the animals and sort of basically being a hermit. Um, but Queen Victoria calls upon him to try and find because she is dying of something, and he is embarking on a, a quest to find. A, I'm not even kidding. on a fruit that yeah. only blossoms on a eclipse. Correct. Yeah. And and if he finds that, he can bring that back to Queen Victoria and cure her. Um, so he sets out on a merry adventure 
with all his animals that he can talk to, along with a little sidekick friend who comes along with him as well. That's basically it, isn't yep. it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Um, in the film, you Robert Downey Jr. playing Doolittle. Yeah. This, this is his first movie since Iron Man ended. Obviously, all the Avengers stuff ended. Michael Sheen and Antonio Banderas and Jim Broadbent all pop up in it as well. Um, Jesse Buckley plays Queen Victoria. And there's an array of people doing voices for animals. You've got John Cena playing a polar bear. You've got... Um, Ami Malik, you've got uh, Tom Holland playing a dog, you've got Emma Thompson playing a parrot. You've got a lot of people. There's a lot of recognisable yeah. voices in, in the voice cast of the animals. How are we, how are we listening and see who you can find? Marion Cotillard, I think, pops up in it as well. Does Taylor Swift come into it? Am I, am I right in thinking as well? Oh, God. One second. Uh, it'd certainly be a good Top Trumps game to play. To see if you could try and... Uh, no, she's not. No. I thought I heard Taylor Swift... Oh. No, Selena Gomez. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It's not. I'm thinking about Selena Gomez. She's in it. She plays a giraffe. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Selena I... Gomez pops up in it. I always get my Gomez's and my Swifts mixed up. It's it's it's, it's a class. Um, yeah. I've talked for a while, Barry. What did you think of this one? I'm literally just fresh off the press from watching this. Yeah. Like Literally within the last, you know, just before I jumped on the mic with yourself, I yeah. was watching it. Um, for the most part, I liked it. All right. And. I know it's been getting a little bit of hate and yeah. stuff, like people aren't really interested in it. I think that this movie's going to suffer in the UK because of when it's been released. Yeah. See if it was released maybe like a week ago when the kids were all on holiday, this would have smashed the box office. Dude, it was released a week ago. Dude, it, was, it, did when, come out, it came out during the, the, the holidays. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Jesus>. yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yes. Oh. Yes, yes. It came out in the holiday time. Yeah, because uh, I, I was sitting there thinking, like, this is aimed at a real young audience. Mm. Um, because, like, it picks up pretty quickly that, like, obviously, Doolittle can talk to the animals, yep. and the animals can understand them, he understands them, and it's all good. Um, and then it's like the adventures begin, but you're just about, like, there's not a lot of, like, I, I'm not joking when I was saying, like, I was texting my pals trying to sort out my, like, internet for future the house and uh, I literally could still keep pace with the film even though I was only half paying attention yeah. to it um, for at least a good solid half hour yeah. until I tuned back in again but visually I actually really liked it like a lot of the animals look real good yeah. and then every now and again you just get like a real bad animation of an animal and it was just like yeah. what the fuck happened there yeah there was, was like the intern or something aye, there was some there was some it felt like some rush stuff towards the end of it you know they thought mm. like, like just throw something in there um, the one thing I didn't like, and I have no idea why, why it annoyed me so much, but Robert Downey Jr. doing a Welsh stroke English accent, I was just about like, what the fuck is that thing? Yes, it's like just, it, it, I don't know why they went with that. I, have, I don't even understand it. it. It was an odd choice by him to do that. I think his Welsh is mostly okay. He does go a little bit wandering across the British Isles at one point with the accent. You know, it does kind of. <laughs> It does go on a little a little road trip at what a few times, um, but it, it does it does a tour. <laughs> it does a tour. It does a tour. He, he does cross Hadrian's Wall at one point. He he is sort of in, 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 up in north of Scotland at one point, and he is also sort of he's floating around Cornwall and Yorkshire for a little bit. Um, but he's, he's mostly he's mostly okay. Um, I, th- I I think he just he's just an actor who likes to do stuff like that, you know. Just and to be honest, I just have a bit of fun with it. Aye, and there's and, and there's nothing to say that. Doolittle couldn't have a Welsh accent, you know, it's like, it doesn't change yeah, the story. Aye, of course. It's just, 
you know, it's like if you're going to do an accent, and this is just me speaking broadly, I'm not like hammering downy by any stretch of the imagination, right. but like if you're going to do an accent, make sure it's absolutely rock solid. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Downey Jr. is normally very good at accents. He is actually a pretty decent um, oh, okay, cool. guy for those. He, he's, he's, he's actually done him pretty well in the past, so I'll give him some credit. I think his accent was 90% okay. 90% okay. Apparently he's basing it on a Welsh hermit man okay. who lived at the turn okay. of the century. If you're interested in finding out about the, the Welsh hermit man, have a listen to a dollop that happened a few weeks ago the, the, in oh. Cardiff. Um, okay. it, it's saying it's dollop you know, like maybe three weeks ago it came out have a listen to it it's all about the gentleman that um, Downey Jr. is partly basing the accent and the sort of the style of clothing and all that kind of stuff on um, it's based on ah, this guy yes. which I thought was great yep. like that kind of whole opening like what, five ten minutes of the movie roughly yep. um, like I, it absolutely fit the narrative hmm. perfectly you know yeah. the whole like, uh, losing his wife, becoming a hermit, only really kind of shutting himself, like shutting himself off from the world, and only dealing with animals that's in his house. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely perfect that bit. Yeah, I found it very flaccid and undercooked. I thought it felt like a film that yeah. they just have not really they've, they've they've swung at it big, but I think they're hoping the personality of of RDJ will pull it through more than maybe it deserves yeah. to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt to me like there was at least half an hour of this film has hit the editing room floor that probably had to remain in the film in order that it made sense. I felt like it jumps from place to place very quickly and you don't really know why it's doing it or what the purpose or reason for the movement is. And then you've got his performance seems to jump around. It's something that's very sort of sombre and he's sort of like almost in a manic depressive way. And then the next scene he's literally bounced around the room like he's sort of this flubber character sort of loving life. And I felt you've got to bring some sort of either a tone to, to, to explain either why he jumps back and forth or just have a wee scene in between that shows maybe a progression of the character does that make sense yeah yep no absolutely I totally agree with that one yeah. it's, um, I found it was a bit all over the place and yeah. especially um, that bit at the end I'm not going to spoil it for anyone that actually wants to see it but like that bit at the end with the larger animals shall we say yes I'm, yes I, I, I just sat there and I was about like, where did that come, come from? from? Yeah. I felt like, I was just about like, this seems very bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, like, that, this all happened. I'm, I'm 100% with you, dude. I, I thought exactly the same. Yeah, it was a bit random. Yeah. <laughs> the animals, like you said, the animals, they all look good mostly. There's a few ropey moments in it. But there's nothing memorable. There's nothing like make you go, oh, I remember this animal. You know, a bit like Jill loves the Dr. Doolittle, the, the Eddie Murphy one. Yeah. And she can still quote lines of the little guinea pig and all that kind of stuff, doing lines and the, all that kind of stuff. So That's impressive. They, they always made an impact on her. I can't think of any animal in this that made me go, oh, that was a really cool animal. And also, they all talk with like an American accent. That I did find a bit bizarre. And all... I was a bit like, why is there like, like a modern, uh, modern dialect Yeah. some of the animals? Like some of the animals were talking, uh, you know, like, fine for the kind of time period give or take yeah. but then every now and again they'd be like this kind of like kind of modern dialect from yeah. like the um, uh, what animal was that it was like the the red squiggle uh-huh. he was like I was like what I, he's talking <laughs> about like, he's talking about like bro and dude and he's like talking like he's sort of like I uh, just very uh, very slang and happy going it doesn't really fit with what the world it's in you know it feels like it'd be like an alien talking to you at that point you wouldn't have to know Downey Jr. like the Doolittle wouldn't know what that thing was saying to him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So I, I was a bit, I was very much underwhelmed by this. I, I didn't find it that interesting at all. Yeah, I, uh, I, I made the unfortunate thing of wandering into the living room the other night when Stacey was halfway through the Lion King, so I felt compelled to watch the other half with her. And I just, I was sitting there, and I, like the new one, and mm. I was just sitting there and I was like, this does not need to be made. Yeah. There was no need for this. And yeah. I kind of feel the same about this movie. It's, I get it, it's for a newer audience, but I'm just a bit like, it's bringing absolutely nothing to the table and yeah. I feel it will be resigned to the test of time and everybody will forget about it pretty quickly. I think it can be forgotten very quickly, unfortunately. I think it will yeah. be, it will be um, sort of just one of those things. That we, they might reboot Doolittle in like five years' time and everyone remember go, oh, remember that time they tried to redo it with RDG and it never really worked? I think it was one of those kind of films. It's just, it's just it's, mm. it's very, a very nothing film. Just a bit, a bit very yeah. dull. You know, try to capture that kind of Disney, that Disney young person audience, but just not really getting there. Um, out of ten, yeah. what are you giving it? Mm, I'm just going middle of the road because you know, for the most part, it was it was enjoyable for the most part for the moment. You know, if my if I had my nieces with me, yeah. they might have enjoyed that a bit more. Yeah. So I'm going to say middle of the road. I'm giving it a five, and that's me being extremely generous. I'll be less generous. I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Yeah, 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 understandable. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, and last film you've not seen this one, but I'll very, talk, very briefly touch on this one. It's a film called Emma, with a full stop, um, directed by Autumn De Wild, uh, which is a great name, um, who is a music video director by trade. This is this is his first um, like debut, his first movie, and it's an adaptation of the Jane Austen novel Emma. So Emma okay. is charming, lovely, and She's looking very handsome, and she's looking, and she likes to match make with her friends and people in her life to try and find them love because she thinks she's very good at it. All at the same time, she's not really noticing the perfect man for her right next to her. Um, and, and all, and all, and all sense of hijinks fall from that. If you've seen Emma at any point, you'll understand what Emma's about. If you've read it in, in school, you might you'll know what the Emma story is. If you've seen Clueless, you know what Emma is. Okay, <laughs> Emma, that is Emma. Um, in the film, you've got Anya Taylor Joy. She plays Emma. The the man that she should be with is played by Johnny Flynn from the film Beast. Um, Bill uh-huh. Nye plays um, her dad. Um, Mia Goth also pops up in it, and Josh O'Connor from God's Own Country, sort of the other suitor um, in the film as well. Um, this film is like I said, I'm not against adaptations. I, I like, I really like a good adaptation. This is trying very hard. The cast are trying very hard to bring a lightness, a touch to this to bring a sort of updatedness but still remaining in the time period. You know, trying to maybe, you know, bridge that gap between making it feel making it feel modern but also having it yeah. set in the eighteen sixties. So they're, they're trying to do that, trying to bring a lightness touch to it, trying to, to channel that clueless vibe about it. It's not going to be clueless, but trying to find that vibe about it. But it's hampered some by some very stodgy, dull direction. You know, it just it's very there's nothing interesting about what he's trying to do. It's all the same kind of shots. It's just, it's just, it moves very slowly and kind of boringly, essentially. Um, yeah. There are. Do you think it was? Do you think it was like a safe bet by him? Because uh, this isn't like this is his kind of first venture into movies. No, because I think they, I think if you can do this, he's done it for a reason. I think his idea was to bring a very sort of modern take on the classic novel, but it just it, it doesn't have it, it doesn't have that edge to it, Little Woman has more edge to it, and Little Woman is a pretty it's a very good film, but that's a very middle middle America film, you know, it's very everyone's living a very good life and much the same in this film, they're living a very good life 
So you've got to try and really push it to make it feel modern and sort of and feel it not being bogged down in the world it's in. So they have a whole, if you know Jane Austen films, there's always a dance scene, you know, with like you know the sort of ye olde dancing. They could have done something yeah. with that to sort of make it feel more contemporary, but it feels like the same thing you've watched in a hundred BBC, you know, adaptations throughout your whole childhood. You know, it's nothing, nothing sets it apart from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. So very much constrained by its budget. There's times when you think they've obviously got went to like a, a like a uh, like what's it like a National Trust house somewhere in Britain to film this, but they've not even had time almost to take down the rope that's hanging up to you know to try and stop people touching things. It feels like they're almost they are shooting in a museum. Does it feel like they're shooting in a home? Ah, uh, right. Okay. You know, it feels, okay. it feels very much like a museum. Um. It's not as funny as it thinks it is. It's trying to be funny, but it's just it, again, it doesn't bring that. It doesn't really find that that level. Um, it does get. It, it does what it, I'll give it credit for. It nails the emotion in the final act, the final kind of third of the film. It really does get the emotional aspect of it really well. And I, I actually thought that was its, at its best uh, during that. Maybe if it maybe pushed that more in the first act as well, maybe that would have maybe brought me into it more. But yeah, just it's it's not a bad film. It's not a great film. It's it's a very what you expect from a Jane Austen adaptation, you know, and it, it, it will not make any new fans. People who like Jane Austen will probably enjoy it to some degree, but it didn't. It, it didn't really. It didn't wow me in any in any real way. Um, Clueless is Clueless is still the benchmark for all things to do with Emma adaptations. Um, if you want to see a good adaptation of Emma, watch Clueless. Oh, cool. Yeah. So out of, out of ten, well, you know, it's like at least you know. You know, at least there's options out there. There's options out there, yeah, you can go watch that. Um, or, probably, <laughs> I, I would probably say it's maybe on a par with the Gwyneth Paltrow version. I didn't really like the Gwyneth Paltrow version, okay. but it's probably on a par with that one. Um, out of ten, I give this one six out of ten. Ooh. So it's not bad, it's not bad, it's not bad, but not not, yeah. not terrible, not that great. It's, just, it's okay, it's, it's, it's fine for what it is. Um, that's yeah. us, that is us for this week. Next week, we have... Still out is Sonic the Hedgehog. Have you seen it yet? No, I'm going to have to see it this week, so Sonic the Hedgehog is still out. We have also got Birds of Prey, or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, or as it's called now, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. They've changed the title of it. So, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, because no, no one, everyone, people just want to go and see a Harley Quinn film. That's still out. Uh, we're going to talk about that next week, hopefully. You've also got Parasite. You know, it won all the Oscars. It's hanging, yes. It's got a nice wee bump in the cinemas because of the Oscar one, which is obviously great for people like myself who love foreign film and are great to see foreign film on the big screen so I really should get myself out to see that so I can talk about it um, and also Call of the Wild the one about the man and the, one man and his dog essentially which it looks really charming it's got um, Harrison Ford in it so it actually looks really nice they're still out new out next week it will be a film called Greed okay, which is it's um, who's the guy that ran BHS Philip Green it's sort of like a piss take of Philip Green it's not he's not uh, Okay, it's not about Philip Green, but the guy is heavily inspired by Philip Green, if that makes sense. For legal reasons, it's not Philip Green, but we, <laughs> we can all read between the lines. Uh, yes. And also, Like a Boss, which is like a sort of a, a lady, female-led lady rom-com business movie starring Rose Byrne and I can't remember the other people in it, but it's from the people who have done Girls Trip and all the kind of movies, so it's sort of hitting that audience. Okay, cool. They're all out. Um, Barry, where can people find us? Uh, all the usual social media platforms at three beers in a movie. Well done, and that is us for this week. I have been Richard. You have been Barry, 
You've been listening to... Three beers and a movie.